This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. Oh, I better say hello then. Yes, you should. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome into Gwen and Chris. 201 is the time. Chris Ello, Matt Scraby together in our Odyssey Palace Studios. The final day, I'm so sad to say, of Tony Gwynn Jr.'s vacation. You're not sad at all. I miss him. I miss oh, T. Oh, well, is I it, miss how is tea. that sad then? That's happy that he's coming back. Sad for him. Sad oh, for him. I'm yes. sure that uh, he wishes the... Vacation would go on and on and on, but alas, he is scheduled to return on Monday. We appreciate you joining us to get ready for the uh, sports weekend. The World Cup starts Sunday, Scraby. I'm ready. The first match, who do you got, Ecuador or Qatar? Uh, guess what? I did a ton of research on the World Cup I know this you morning. did. Uh, oh, you did this morning? Yes, I did. I got lost into a World Cup uh, research yeah. Any uh, hole. Okay. I'm going to choose Ecuador. You're choosing Ecuador? Yeah. Yeah, I think Cutter's only in there because they are the host country. Oh man. And that is uh, one of the rules of the World Cup. If you <laughs> if you if look, if you pay out millions and millions and millions of dollars to bribe the people who run the World Cup, the least they can give you in return is a spot in yeah. the World Cup. So Yes. And, and they're why. finding out why maybe it wouldn't have been the best idea. To, to go, it wouldn't be, be a bad idea to go somewhere else, is what I'm trying to say. I know that they've, we're going to talk to Mark Ziegler today about a, a, a few different things, including Aztec basketball, but he's also a World Cup expert. And he wrote a really good piece about the whether or not the world is going to enjoy a World Cup played in Qatar. I guess this is a uh, country that has some uh, pretty, pretty stringent and kind of off the wall rules. Uh, and strict, laws, yes. and uh, uh, for one thing, for one thing, I believe they're banning alcohol anywhere around any of the uh, of the uh, playing sites. Yes, you can't get World alcohol in the Cup. stadium right yeah. right now, and so that and- leaves that leaves most American fans out. <laughs> that, that that leaves most American fans out. Half of you only go to games to drink as much as possible. Hey, trust me, I get it, and I I put this on Twitter earlier that this this would have triggered me years and years ago. This would have been why I can't drink at my sporting event. Yes, but now it's like it's funny for me to see all the people that are freaking out about people not being freaking able to out drink. about that. And how, I mean, like ninety nine percent of these people I'm yeah. seeing are probably not going to the games. Yes, we can kind of laugh about the drinking law, but yeah. uh, the rest of it we can't. The rest of it is uh, difficult to laugh at. Uh, apparently, in Cutter, it is illegal to be homosexual. 
Yes. It is against the law. You can be arrested for that. This is a strange place where they are hosting the uh, 2022 World Cup. But uh, Mark Ziegler will give us a little uh, a preview of that, talk about Aztec basketball. Of course, they are going to Maui this weekend and getting ready for the start of the much-anticipated Maui Invitational. They will take on Ohio State on Monday. And uh, this is also the 40th anniversary of, of one of the most famous plays in the history of sports. Not just football, not just college football, but the history of sports entirely. What happened 40 years ago today? Mark Ziegler, believe it or not, was right in the middle of the entire situation. The band is on the field. We will, that was a little hint. That was a little I hint. I didn't give it away, though. Yeah, you kind of did. No, I didn't. You kind of did. No, but, I didn't. Uh, we will uh, talk to Mark Ziegler about his involvement in the famous big game and the play from uh, 40 years ago. A little bit uh, coming up, well, about 3.30 this afternoon, Mark will be on with us. He's always one of our best guests. Uh, we'll count down our top favorite running backs. As our countdown today, it's not active running backs. Am I correct about that? It could be any running back, but yeah, most of mine are not active anymore. So Okay, so we'll have a countdown of the top running backs as our countdown today. Little Daily Gambit. We've got Chris versus the fans. we got the Big Five. And uh, everything will wrap up in the 5 o'clock hour with our interview of the week. Scraby, do you uh, cozy up and watch a little Thursday night football last night. The Tennessee Titans dressed in all dark blue and the Green Bay Packers looking funny to me with white pants and the white jerseys with the uh, with the yellow helmets. I, they didn't really look like themselves. I think that's like an alternate jersey that an they alternate have, but deal. it didn't look really that It didn't different. look very good. I, I, I was kind of a Kind of thrown uh, thrown uh, off on that a little bit. Aaron Rodgers continues to flutter footballs down the field. And uh, the Green Bay faithful continue to wonder whether or not it is time. Only one season after he won back-to-back MVPs to put Aaron Rodgers out to pasture. And uh, I, They were booing him last night, which yeah. I, was, I was pretty surprised by. You I know, mean. let's talk a little bit about this. Uh, booing, all right? Is it okay to boo somebody who has, for a decade, made you single-handedly almost one of the best teams in the entire NFL, has won a Super Bowl for you, has won three MVP awards for you, has dominated the league, made you relevant for a decade, and and then as soon as that player goes downhill, you boo them. I, I think that's really un. I, I, I'm I'm a I don't mind a boo, a boo. You know, you want to boo Ben Simmons, go boo for away. It. You want to boo somebody that doesn't give enough effort out there on the field, go for it, or on the ice or on the court, boo away. But somebody like Aaron Rodgers, who has basically, I mean, <laughs> other than Vince Lombardi, Bart Starr, Brett Favre, and Aaron Rodgers. If it wasn't for these guys, the city of Green Bay, Wisconsin, wouldn't even exist, right? I mean, does true. anybody know? I mean, who who vacations in Green Bay? No one, right? Who has family in Green Bay? Not many. Not many, right? How many politicians are stumping for votes in Green Bay? Oh, I bet you that's a hotbed. You think that's a hotbed? Yeah, I think that's a tough one for the them. only time I've ever even heard Green Bay mentioned outside of the Packers 
was in that uh, How to Make a Murderer show on Netflix <laughs> that was set in northern Wisconsin. It was right next to Green Bay. And I believe Green Bay got a couple of mentions. They but did. otherwise, Green Bay would never get a mention if it weren't for these people. I, I, and I, I know I, why. Honestly, do you agree or disagree? Do you, I, I just don't think you can boo Aaron Rodgers under any circumstances. I don't care if he went out next week, went 0 for 7 with six interceptions. The guy has done too much for you to turn around and boo him at Here's this point. why they're booing him, I believe, is because the last couple of years he has put fans through the ringer. He's put uh, the front office through the ringer. He basically says, I don't know what I'm going to do unless you give me $50 million or restructure my contract. Okay, I'm back now. I'm making $50 million. They traded away Devontae Adams because they couldn't afford to extend him because of Aaron Rodgers. I feel like fans are a little done with the act, and if you're going to take up $50 million of my cap space – then you better be playing well, and he wasn't playing well last well, night. Well, you like see, here's a difference. Like I think you can boo Russell Wilson in Denver because Russell Wilson has never done anything for you in Denver. I agree. Yeah, you know he's new to your team. He's making fifty million or whatever it is his contract. Yeah, and he's playing like crap. So that I can see. Aaron Rodgers, and you know I'm not a huge Aaron no, Rodgers no, fan. No, I'm a big fan of him on the. Uh, on the field, I'm a big fan of Aaron Rodgers as the uh, as a guest host on Jeopardy. You do he did, love a, he him did an excellent that. job, I have to say. <laughs> but I'm not a big fan of his, you know, his personality and a lot of his antics and his contract demands, and you know, uh, dissing his own team. Uh, I, I think that's been uncalled for. You said that yesterday, but I still him. think, but I still think it's uncalled for to boo him. I, I, I think the city of Green Bay. I mean, that's too short of a memory. I agree. I mean, you know? the only like I said, the only part I don't agree with is that he's put the fan base through a lot recently. He has, but he's also given them so much over the years. Uh, all right, let's let's move this to San Diego for a moment. Uh oh. All right, we have a baseball player in this town who is recognized as one of the best young players in the game. He has finished in the top three of the MVP voting. He has brought joy and happiness to the Padre fans here in San Diego. But his most recent two acts, one injuring himself stupidly in a motorcycle incident in his home country of the Dominican Republic, and two, of course, failing a uh, a performance-enhancing test and therefore taking himself out of action for the remainder of a season – in which the Padres could have used his services. So, now that some time has gone by, and we've all had time to think about it, on April the 20th, when Fernando Tatis Jr. returns to the Padres, is it going to be okay for there to be a smattering of boos once we see him performing again? Sure, but what's the point? (laughs) I don't get it. Like, let's see what, in my opinion, let's see... What he does when he comes back. Don't All right, so you're not going to boo him like his first at bat. At no, why? Why would I? I don't know. I'm asking. I Well, I am too. I'm asking if that's an okay thing to do. I would not do that, no. I mean, he put. You just talked about putting fans through the ringer. He put the entire city through the ringer but he by also, his poor behavior. But he also took uh, he took responsibility for it when he did the dugout interview with AJ Preller and all the media, and he said it was his fault. He said he wasn't very smart. He said he wasn't doing things right. He's going to turn it around. He needed to be more aware of what he's doing with his career, and I, I felt it from him. I really did. All I right, felt so like you he was think being a, genuine. So you think a standing rousing ovation? 
Nation. I didn't say is, that either. In, in, is the proper way to greet Fernando Tatis I, You Jr. know what? Yes. Build okay. his confidence I'm back up. I'm asking. I'm not really sure exactly what, what the right thing to do is. Uh, now, we talked about April 20th is when his uh, suspension is over, but he's not going to debut at Petco Park. He'll be on the road. The Padres are at Arizona that day. Then they go to Chicago at Wrigley Field. The road's a whole, diff- whole different world. A whole different him. deal. Now, he's got seven away games before he makes his Petco Park reappearance on Saturday, April the 29th. Do you think how he performs in those seven games will have anything to do with the kind of reception yes, he gets? I do. That is a good question. I do. Do you? Uh, I think it might. I mean, if he hits four home runs and runs around and plays amazing baseball the way he has, I think you'll get a standing 30 seconds at wow, least. Wow, that is a ovation. long ovation. Yeah, that's a little long. Maybe, Maybe 15. Like 15. Okay, I can well, see Well, it takes a lot of fans 10 seconds just to stand up. <laughs> Got to get rid of all of their gear. Yeah, put know, the beers down. Their beers and hot dogs. I, I, I Here's what I think. I, I think when he debuts on April the 29th, I think you're going to have a smattering of booze. I, I do. Probably. I, and I think it's I deserved. Mean, I think it's deserved in his case because he ha- he doesn't have as much cachet as Aaron Rodgers should have in Green Bay. You know, Fernando has still – it's not like he's led the Padres to a couple of championships and won a bunch of MVPs. Fernando's been amazing. He's been a terrific kid. Everybody seems to love the guy. But I th- I will understand a smattering of booze when he returns to Petco Park on Saturday, April the 29th. Uh, I, I will understand it as well. I right. don't think overwhelming booze will happen, but I do think there will be booze. All right. Uh, he may not be running out to shortstop. The more we keep digging into this, our, our, friend, <laughs> our friend John Heyman, who I respect greatly and who is also – so dialed in that he comes on this show during the baseball season and he he tells us what's going to happen before it happens. Yeah. He has written an article that says the Padres are potentially in on trying to sign a big name free agent shortstop. Now the first reaction to that is what? Huh? <laughs> what? Yeah, what? We 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 already have Hassan Kim who nearly won the gold glove. We have Fernando if you don't like Hassan Kim there. And if you don't like him, you have Jake Cronenworth. You can always move Jake Cronenworth over there in a pinch. You or can Manny even Machado. use a guy named Manny Machado yeah. at shortstop. I think shortstop's like the one position that no it one... It seems like the one position the Padres absolutely positively don't need anybody. But John Heyman says they may be in on the likes of Carlos Correa. Trey Turner, who seems like a real long shot because he doesn't want to stay on the West Coast. Yeah, Maybe the Padres know something analytically. And because they're banning the shift next year, maybe the Padres are going to plan on playing two shortstops at the same time. (laughs) You know, that's all I can really think of. Because I I just don't understand why the Padres would be in on a shortstop. I don't either, unless you were willing to make other moves. But I I think that they seem like they like their infield core. Seems like they like what they have. Or... Or, I mean, could I mean, can we extrapolate this out to something unheard of, Scraby? Unthinkable? Like, like what? Like that they're going to sign a free agent shortstop and then try to get rid of Fernando Tatis Jr. in a trade? I don't. I. I, I, I mean, guess I that, can't rule it out. I mean, if John Heyman is reporting that they're in on a big name shortstop, uh, there's a, there's some there's some realism to that. 
There, John there is, Heyman. Yeah. John, there's a lot of writers out there. I could name about ten of them who just make stuff up so they can get their name on Twitter. John Heyman is not one of those guys. So if John Heyman is saying the Padres are in on a free agent shortstop, you know, I, I'm not kidding you, Scraby. The only thing I extrapolate out from that is that perhaps they're going to try to move Fernando Tatis Jr. You or Hassan Kim. Or Hassan Kim, who doesn't. Fernando's doesn't, contract is a big deal. It's a big deal that somebody else would have to take on. Yeah. So the thing is with Fernando, and we got to get to our first break. But and I got to update you on something before we go to break. Just remind. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's about uh, when he'll actually make his debut at home. Oh, okay. Yeah, because April 29th is actually uh, they're going to be in Mexico City. Oh, thank you. So that, that was is a from, good. Is that why there's a little asterisk yeah, next to this game? Yeah, from Stewie's Loan on Twitter. Thank you, Stewie's Loan. You're absolutely 100% right. They actually uh, play the Giants in Mexico City. So his first home game at Petco won't be until Monday, May the 1st, against the Cincinnati Reds. Thank that you correct, for that yes. update. But it will only be his first home game if he's still a Padre. That, and I'm not, I'm not trying to overreact to this report by John Heyman, but I did want to say this. We, as a fan base, as you know, people here in San Diego, we would like to believe that everything is going along perfectly with Fernando since his suspension, since the injury situation, since all of it. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't really been doing anything. But as far as news about him, that's as far as we know, though. That's true. It's only as far as we know. Perhaps Fernando Tatis Jr. And I wouldn't put this past him because he's not exactly 100% matured yet. Maybe he hasn't been acting perfectly and in the way that the Padres oh, would like behind the scenes. I don't even want to go there because I, I, I love Fernando. And I, I, I really think that he's going to turn it around. If he doesn't turn it around, honestly, that would uh, that would hurt me. It would hurt me. Yeah, big I, time. I, I'm already, he's already hurt us a couple of times. But this would be a bigger hurt. For this me, would be this would me. be a stake to the heart. I mean, if they had to trade Fernando Tatis Jr. away, see, I don't think that's what they're the doing. The future face of this franchise. I I would say that they would probably trade Hassan Kim over Fernando because Hassan Kim. Did but what's year- Hassan Kim going to get you in a deal? I mean, he did a year-long audition for every team in baseball last year showing how yeah. good he is at shortstop. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. But the report is out there that the Padres are in on a big free agent shortstop. We'll see if there's anything to that. Uh, program is underway. Gwen and Chris for a Friday. Getting you set for the sports weekend. Aztec football is in action tonight. They're in uh, Albuquerque. Albuquerque. Taking on uh, the New Mexico Lobos. That's a Friday night football game. Uh, USD came up short last night in its bid to begin its basketball season 4-0. and Lost an overtime thriller to Utah State. So away we go. Gwen and Chris with Chris Ello and Matt Scraby at the controls on San Diego's number one sports talk station, 97.3 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, what's really behind this story from John Heyman today that says the Padres might be interested in a big-time, big-name free agent shortstop. Could that mean something is amiss with Fernando Tatis Jr., or are we overreacting? You're more than welcome to chime in on the subject, 833-288-0973. That is the phone number to dial in. Uh, Padres did meet yesterday with uh, Kodai Senga. That is where I want them to spend their money. That is where uh, it would be nice to see them spend a bunch of money. Uh, tons of teams have in- interest in this guy who's a right a right-hander. Uh, yes, yes. Do we know this for sure? Yes, because I watched his ghost fork ball in action earlier today. The ghost fork ball. It's it's a it, it looks a- like I'm a I'm assuming ball. it's called that because it disappears in the strike zone. You know it. I don't yeah. know why it's a ghost, but. He throws it like a fastball. It comes in like a fastball, but it dips completely out of the strike zone. It's his signature pitch. So it's a splitter. But it's a ghost fork But it's better ball. to call it a ghost fork I, Apparently, ball. I watched the uh, Pitching Ninja video, and apparently it's, it's a little bit different of a pitch. A little bit different. Yeah. He's uh, 29 years old, uh, spent the first 11 seasons of his career. 11 seasons? That means he started when he was 18. <laughs> yeah, he's been doing this for a while. With uh, the Hawks. I, I can't pronounce the uh, company's name. SoftBank? Fukuokoa. Oh, Fukuokoa. Yeah, Fukuokoa. Yeah, you do it right. right. All right, thank you. Uh, he's in the Japan and Nippon Professional Baseball League. 1.89 ERA over 148 innings. Um, I, I, I am willing to spend some money on him. I'm not willing to overdo it, Scraby. Uh, other than Otani and Ichiro... Going to name me like three or four more guys that have come out of the Japanese league that have lived up to the hype? Uh, well, I guess let me let me bring it to a smaller scale. Because most of them don't live up to the hype. I have to tell you. You're right. I mean, but let me bring it, it to a smaller you, they scale. They all come over here. They're going to be the next incredible thing. And, you know. Seiya Suzuki is still yet to be shown. But for the Padres. They have dealt with the Japanese leagues a lot recently with Pierce Johnson, with Nick Martinez, with yeah. Robert Suarez. Yeah. So I, I would say those this. three were successes for they the Padres. They were successes, little different story. I, those I know were what you're saying, American though. pitchers who went over there to, to find their game. I, I, I'm not saying the Japanese pitchers aren't capable. Like I said, some of them have come over and done some things. Um, but I wouldn't overdo it for Senga. I wouldn't break the bank. Yeah, I'm not. I'm I not wouldn't thinking risk they would that spend much. Twenty something million well, dollars a year on him. That's not. usually what these guys seem to cost. 
you know. Uh, but he was here in San Diego. I mean, you Darvish is a pretty good example of a guy that's been pretty good. True. You know, in his uh, ma- major <laughs> He's right in front of our career. face. He's right in front of our face. <laughs> He's been pretty good, and he has a, a close relationship with uh, Kodai Senga. So, anyway, we'll see where that one goes. Uh, let's go out to the phones. Derek is out there uh, hanging out here on a Friday with Gwen and Chris. Hi, Derek. Hey, guys. How you doing? Very good. How are you? Good. So, so I was listening to uh, what you were saying about Padres instead in a free agent shortstop. I have a different idea, a different take on it. Okay. Doing something like that could solve two other problems. It could solve your problem with another outfielder and a, at an everyday first baseman. You put the new guy in at short, you move Fernando to an outfield position, Kim plays second, and Cronenworth is your everyday first baseman. Ah, Derek's thinking, see, Derek, you're good, but you wouldn't make a good sports talk show host because that is an actual rational opinion. Rational opinion. Yes. yes. We're, too, not, we're not, we're not, and I are not, Scraby and I are not paid for rational opinions. Yeah. That's a, that's an excellent thought. No, that's, that, I mean, it, it really is. That's yeah. the only way I could see it working out. And Derek, yes. Derek is spot on because yes. there's, there's, there's no room for another shortstop. Not unless they do what uh, Derek just said. So, Great Derek, call, Derek, thank you for the uh, call, and uh, thank you for being rational. We appreciate it. No, that's a, that's a good guys. thought. Yeah, have a good weekend. That, you know, that, that, that could make some sense. You could move. You get Carlos Correa. He's your shortstop. <laughs> you Isn't that imagine? wonderful? Well, I'm just saying, if, if Heyman is right, you know, they're going out and they're getting a big-name free agent shortstop. You move Kim to second. You move Cronenworth to first. And Fernando goes to right field. And Soto goes to left field. And Grisham stays in center field. You don't bring back Profar. Machado's at third. You definitely add Wilson Contreras behind I, the plate. I was just about to say that. Because I'm going to stick with that until it's no longer an option. And then you could get Kodai Senga. As the number and get two Kodai Senga, so you're gonna so you're telling me you're gonna sign Correa, Contreras, and Senga. Yep, yeah. Peter Seidler. I just, just spent all of his money. Peter Seidler just coughed up his lunch. No, right. do you think that they're because John Heyman listed these teams? He had eleven teams in his article, and they, he listed the Padres at tenth. And I, I feel like they're just maybe being reported as doing this because they're doing due diligence to seeing if. There is some sort of deal that can be made with these guys. Carlos Correa, I mean, he probably wants a long-term deal at some point, but he doesn't seem like he's too scared to take short-term deals. He's also a pretty good player. A very good uh, player. A very good player. So, uh, yes, that, that roster sounds very intriguingly good. I just don't know that the Padres could afford to do all of that. Uh, we will see as the uh, offseason continues to get underway. I did want to go back to this USD basketball game last night. I don't know if you saw this, Scraby, but... I saw it ended in overtime. It did. They lost in overtime. Eric Williams Jr., a guard for the Toreros, set an all-time USD scoring record in this game. 43 points. Nice. He also chipped in with 13 rebounds. Uh, Steve Lavin called it one of the best games he's ever seen anybody play under the circumstances. Uh, Eric Williams Jr. also hit a three-point shot with three seconds left in regulations to force overtime. So heartbreaking loss for the Toreros. Uh, Williams did foul out with about a minute left in overtime. And uh, I wish they would give players another foul if you get into overtime. You know, the foul out rule is something that needs to be revisited in basketball. 
Um, because especially at the NBA level, nobody goes to an NBA game to see a superstar get three fouls and have to sit out the entire first half because yeah. they're in foul trouble. Uh, a way to fix that would be to, you know, if you get a sixth foul, it's a technical foul. The other team shoots an extra free throw, as you just said, but the player gets to stay in the game. I, I think there's some, there's, there's always been a little sense that that's something that they might want to put into play someday in basketball. And five fouls is not very many. For five college. is all you get in college, yeah. and if you get a technical in college, it counts as a personal foul. Counts as a personal foul. So you can, let's say, you can get a foul reaching in, and then tell the ref that's a. Yeah, call and then get and two. wind up getting two Ooh. in one instance. So that's uh, a that's a harsh penalty, but that's why they're doing that. It. Is that's too bad for Eric Williams Jr. to foul out and the Toreros to have that game go uh, get away in the overtime thriller last night at uh, Jenny Craig Pavilion. But I will say this: How about you, USD fans? Get out there and go see that team play. That's a hell of a game. I mean, I know they lost it. But still, but you get ninety-one, eighty-nine overtime game-winning three-point shots and tying threes, and guy scoring forty-three points, thirteen rebounds. USD's three and one. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to go to the Final Four because the Aztecs are going to the Final Four. <laughs> yes, yes, they are. <laughs> but you know, it sounds like a pretty fun night of basketball. You know, people don't, uh, we don't pay enough attention sometimes to what we've got right here in our own very city. All yeah, right. I would agree. Uh, I, that's That sounds like a fun time. Yeah, would have been a great game to see. I didn't get a chance to see it either. All right, uh, when we come back, uh, we uh, slip into the countdown. Today's category, top five favorite running backs of all time. I expect to hear you mention the galloping ghost. Who? Exactly. Find out about it when Gwen and Chris returns on 97.3 The Fan. The very wimpy Buffalo Bills canceled their football practice today. Too much snow for the Bills to get out. I don't know. I did see a picture of the Buffalo football stadium. It was completely under snow. Yeah, it was. Like, you almost couldn't see the upper deck. Yes. And there was so much snow. So. I still think there's a little bit of a conspiracy to it, but we'll get into that in the Big Five. At oh, you've got a little something for that in the Big Five. Yes, you? yes, because uh, the conspiracy theory train is growing. All right, we'll find out what that's all about. Bills and Browns will play on Sunday in Detroit. Did Last you night? also, sorry to cut you Go off, ahead. did you also know that the Bills are going to end up playing in Detroit four days later? On Thanksgiving Day, that's their opponent. I did not know that. I did not know that. So they're playing in Detroit. Starting to to see where you're coming from on this conspiracy. Thank you. They're setting it up to try to help the Bills go to the Super Bowl. Duh! Thank you for finally, Chris, coming to my side. Well, as a Dolphin fan, I can understand (laughs) the fact that they're doing everything they can to keep Tua out of there. Oh yes, the Tua is the one that scares him, not Tyree Kill. <laughs> or Tyree Kill, yes. That would be the last guy you'd want starring in a Super Bowl. Oh, gosh. It would no. almost be as good as when Ray Lewis was the uh, hero of the Super Bowl back for the Baltimore Ravens <laughs> shortly after facing murder charges. Yes, that was an interesting yeah, look. That was, you know, and I like Ray Lewis. He's turned into a, you know having a nice career, but I do still have pictures of Ray Lewis in my mind of him sitting in an orange jumpsuit in a courtroom. I do remember that, too. And yeah. it, it was it was kind of scary. Next thing you know, he's uh, leading the Ravens to a Super Bowl championship. But, uh, yeah, Tyree Kill, we talked about it the other day. You know, I mean, this is a guy, you know, that we in general, and me in particular, right, because he plays for my team, 
were willing to forgive and forget, you know, the charges levied against him. Yeah. And, you know, that's uh, that's hypocritical on my part, on a lot of people's part. But kind of the way it goes in sports, right? I, if somebody I, yeah. does something for your team, you're willing to overlook a lot of things. I've actually been struggling a little bit with this whole World Cup thing. Okay. Because I do feel like this that cutter was not the best place to choose. And there were a lot of people that died building these stadiums. And yes, there was. There are a lot of people that aren't being mentioned and how, how horrible it was to get all well, this Well, the working up. conditions were, were awful, terrible, apparently, according to all reports. You and yeah. I were not there. No, no. Yeah, according but, to reports. But according to reports. Make it has sure you... made me think, should I watch this? Well, that was the question Mark Ziegler asked in an article uh, very much about earlier this week. So we will uh, talk to him about that and other things when he comes on the show. I'm looking forward, especially looking forward to the Mark Ziegler visit coming up about an hour from right now. Uh, but we have arrived at the uh, time in the week when we uh, get to our countdown. And uh, today's subject, our five favorite running backs of all time. And uh, I will say before the open that, no, the Galloping Ghost did not make my top five. Why do I know? I, I didn't but look at it But the Galloping up. Ghost is one of the greatest nicknames in sports history. It is, but who is it? What's his his name? name is Red Grange. There it is. Yes, he played at the University of Illinois and uh, then went on to a brief career in the NFL with the Chicago Bears back at the early stages of the NFL. But he was the first big-name guy to turn pro. You know, back in the 30s, it was Red Grange was oh, a, yeah. really a big deal. Yeah, he's so like the Babe he, Ruth. When he went to pro football, people it, it gave the league some credibility at the time. But I, I never saw the Galloping Ghost other than black and white Babe slow Ruth motion. type footage. <laughs> it's not in slow motion. You know, they speed it up so he looks like he's twice as fast. <laughs> That's true. But I remember my dad telling me about the Galloping Ghost when I was a little kid and you know, your mind runs away with you. You know, you're just because you never saw him. Why was he you're a ghost? Just, well, he was because when you went to tackle him, he disappeared. All right. Much like the, the uh, Kodai fork Senga forkball. Yes. yes. But anyway, I thought the gallop. I did think of the galloping ghost when you talked about five favorite running backs of all time, but he didn't quite make my list. Now let's find out who did. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. It's now time for Gwen and Chris to rank their top five of the day. Gonna grip and rip as usual. But this isn't just a regular top five list. I love it. It sounds sadistic, but I love it. This is The Countdown. And it starts right now on 97.3 The Fan. Right, along with this list, Scraby, I do have in front of me a uh, list that was put together by uh, Athlon Sports website. Oh. Very highly rated publication. Well, they're going to have to be for now. Uh, they rank the 25th, 25 greatest running backs of all time in order. Yes. So I'm curious to see where some of our guys fall in that particular list. Why don't you start off today oh, okay. with your number five running back 
of all time. Number five. Before you say one, do you have any active running backs on your list? I do not. Nor do I. Okay. Uh, these are mostly from my childhood. Okay. And so that's why I felt like Chris and I's list is, is going to be way different because... I don't know how different they yeah, are. You're, you're probably my, right. My guys are from your childhood as well. That's true. All right. My number five is The Bus, Jerome Bettis. Ah, the Bus. The yeah. only reason I say that is because Jerome Bettis gave a chubby little scraby a, a hope of being a running back Somebody to root for, huh? And, and no, like a hope of being a running back. Like, that's funny. Like, The Bus was not... In shape, I mean, he was in shape, obviously. Right, but he didn't. But look, he had some chunk to him. He wasn't. He wasn't cut. No, no. But he would just run over people, and I really appreciated he watching had great, the bus. He had great speed for a guy his for a big size. Guy. Yeah, Hall of Famer. Yeah, uh, had thirteen thousand career rushing yards for the Rams, and then more famously for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. And, uh, of course, he picked up some additional yardage running out from the tunnel at the beginning of that Super Bowl in Detroit when none of his teammates followed him out <laughs> on the field. One of the funnier moments in Super Bowl history. <laughs> that is really funny. Jerome Bettis, number five. Yes. For I mean, the reason that I brought this up, by the way, yeah. was because watching Derrick Henry last night, Thursday Night Football, I'm like, I wanted to put Derrick Henry in my list because I love watching Derrick Henry run the ball. Yeah. He just looks different than everyone else on the field. You're just glad you don't have to tackle him, Oh, right? my gosh. But anyway, yeah. That, yeah Jerome All Bettis right. and Derrick Henry are kind of similar a little bit, except All for right. Derrick Henry's faster. Uh, Jerome Bettis ranks 18th on the uh, oh, all-time okay. list of running All right. backs. All right. My number five choice ranks second on the all-time list of great Whoa. running backs. And my number five running back is the amazing, immortal Barry Sanders. Uh, I've never seen anybody with the moves. You talk about the ghost. Yeah. Very, I mean, seriously. you talk about a guy that when you went to tackle, he wasn't there. That was Barry Sanders. And, uh, you know, 15,000 career rushing yards. Hall of Famer, of course. Uh, 5.0 yards per carry. But it was it wasn't... The numbers he put up, it was the way he did it. Yeah. It was just the slashing, the hand on the ball in the backfield. The Lions never had anybody to block for him. In fact, <laughs> they were always so bad. In fact, I don't have a, an official statistic on this, but nobody ever lost seven yards rushing on a play more often than Barry Sanders. So sad. Because once in a while he'd dance around and just get avalanched back there. But when he got free, it was uh, really something to see. I'm sad that he retired so early. You know where Barry Sanders finished his college career? Oklahoma State? Yeah, but his final game was in the Holiday Bowl with Oklahoma State in a game against Wyoming. He rushed for 9,000 yards in that game. <laughs> I, I can imagine it. Yeah, he was just uh, a man amongst boys. Barry Sanders, number five for me. Number four. Well, we're not going to go far from my number four. It will be Mr. Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders, as well. number four for you. He, okay. he played right in the the middle, the, the, the salad days of your youth. Yeah, yes, the salad days of my youth, like my 10, 11, 12 years old. And so I was able to play video games as well. And Barry Sanders was awesome in the video games. And I just love watching him play. Um, he his team never threatened the 49ers, so I was able to <laughs> enjoy him. Yes, I was able to enjoy him from afar. But Barry Sanders, my well, he did get one playoff win in his career, and it's the only playoff win the Lions have had in the last Gosh, fifty years. I can't imagine being it's a just fan hard of to believe. Lions. All right, number four for me is a guy from San Diego State, none other than Marshall Falk. Yeah, uh, Falk, uh, Hall of Famer, of course, twelve thousand plus. Rushing yards, first with the Colts. I think people might forget he even played with the Colts. 
And then, of course, with the greatest show on turf at the Rams. But I prefer to remember him at San Diego State. Uh, I saw him make a run one day against USC uh, out there at Qualcomm Stadium. And just, you know, seeing him live, it's a little different perspective. Yeah, for sure. Takes your breath away the way he could turn the corner and accelerate. You know, play that you've seen a hundred times. It would normally go for a three-yard gain. Yeah. And Marshall Fox in the end zone. Yes, exactly. You're like, wait a minute. What did I just see? He is Houdini. He was. He is Houdini. Yeah, Marshall Fox was uh, special. Uh, Broke onto the scene in pretty impressive fashion, by the way, Scraby. He was the backup running back his freshman year. And uh, third game of the season, I believe, the other guy got hurt. Okay. Brought Falk in. Went for seven TDs. Of course he did. In his first game. Of course he did. Went for seven TDs. Did that starter ever get back in there? I don't believe so. <laughs> I you know, the thing. I just remember picking up the pick because I didn't see the game that Saturday night. Yeah. And picking up the paper the next day and it says, Falk goes for seven like, TDs. Who's and that? who's that? Didn't even know who he was. That is great. That is great. And it, it is it is really cool that he was here right in our own backyard. He was. Uh, I want him on there. What wasn't but, uh, cool was the fact that the Aztecs never surrounded him with any kind of defense or anything to help him get anywhere yeah. as a running back. You know, and he finished second in the Heisman Trophy because San Diego State was so bad. Mm. You know, not bad. Yeah, bad. They yeah, weren't 2-10, yeah. but, but they, they were like 7-5 yeah. and five They weren't good enough to get six. him national recognition. Well, he got plenty of record. I mean, that shows you how good he must have been to finish second as a running back at San Diego State. And he should have won. He lost to Gino Toretta, a quarterback from Miami who never went on to do a thing. A thing. And, of course, Fox in the Hall of Fame. So, All right. There you go. Number three. Now, this next one I battled with because I didn't want to put someone on the list, but I had to put this someone on the list. And the reason that I didn't want to is because it's the Cowboys' Emmett Smith. He terrorized Emmett, huh? He terrorized my childhood running all over the 49ers, winning a lot of NFC Championship games. He's just a great running back, and I believe he still has the most yards ever. 18,355. That's crazy. It's crazy how good he was for how long he how how long he played. I mean, he played for the Cardinals, I think, too. He did. He finished up his career with the Cardinals for a year but and a half. Emmett so. Smith is one of those guys. You know how the Dodgers fans boo Manny because he's so good? You booed Bennett. I boo Emmett Smith because he's so good. He killed you. Yes. He killed you. But my number three, Emmett Smith. All right. You know what's funny is uh, Emmett's in that era, of course, you know, with the rest of these guys. I was never a big Emmett Smith fan. Why is that? I don't know. He didn't. He didn't and, stand out oh, to okay. me. Okay, interesting. Did not make my uh, top five. Number three on my list uh, played just after the Emmett Smith era, but uh, was more electric. And he set this city on its ear. Ladanian Tomlinson mm. is my number three running back of all time. LT. Uh, probably put together the greatest season in NFL history, right? In two thousand six. Come on in and tell me I sent you. <laughs> okay, LT. <laughs> the other thing, the the reason that he also ranks high on the list, probably top five all time favorite guys. Yeah. You know, I mean, I remember just talking to him in the clubhouse and just thinking, man, I'm talking to LT, and he's making it cool. Yeah. He was. He's just a terrific guy, and uh, so happy for his incredible success. Number three for me, Ladanian Tomlinson. Despite the fact he went to TCU, if you're out there, oh, 
Oh, that's the only thing I don't like about it. I know one time at TCU rushed for 406 yards in a game. I know. I remember that. Because I remember crazy. when he got drafted, I was in high school, and all of us were talking about it the next day. And this one kid, because most of us were like, who the heck is that guy? They took him really high. And then this one kid goes, he's going to be really good. Just wait. Just wait. He's going to be really oh, good. that kid was right. Yeah, that kid was right. Number two. And, Chris, you must have looked at my list because my number two is LaDainian Tomlinson. Ah, okay. I uh, came down here in 1999 and went to high school here and spent a lot of time here. So, obviously, I followed LT's career. And he was so much fun to watch. He scored so many touchdowns. I remember going to a 49ers game in San Francisco, and he scored four touchdowns against them in one game, and I just watched every one of them just in awe of how great he was. And I also love his uh, his touchdown celebration. It's, oh, it's simple but great, effective. He did have a great touchdown so, so celebration. He kind of like rolls the ball off the end of his hand. Yes, LT. But LT is my number two. All right, very good. Uh, number two for me is still the only man in NFL history to pick up an unnecessary roughness penalty while carrying the football. Yeah, that is a good point. No one's ever done this in history. Imagine a running back running down the field, running into a safety, <laughs> the flag comes, and they call the penalty on the running back for destroying with unnecessary roughness the safety. That once happened to Larry Zonka. Of course, the Miami Dolphins part of it has a lot to do with why I love Zonk. Uh, but, uh, man, if you wanted three yards up the middle... You get your six normally, <laughs> but Zonka, man, he was the first big-time fullback that I remember in my life, and he uh, brought me a lot of joy now, as, a, as a young man Was the perfect Dolphins. Yeah, he was – I've seen video of him. He was just a savage. He was just running <laughs> he was over a people. Savage. I mean, think about it. Now, he wasn't very big compared to guys now, but the guys he was playing against weren't, you know, no. as big. So no, he, yeah. Zonka was only 237 pounds. That would make him like a lightweight half. Seriously, now. seriously. But uh, he massacred people when he ran. Did uh, he was on? A, he was a commentator for American Gladiators, right? I think so. Okay, that's I where I so. kind of know Larry Zonka Zonk. from, honestly, because I didn't obviously. Me and my dad used play. to joke watching Zonka run that when he'd get into the open field, the first thing he would do is look around for somebody to run into. <laughs> you know, he was he he needed the contact. He, yeah, he, he was not used to having any open space. Who do you think ran harder, him or Derrick Henry? He was, you know. Derrick Henry's a lot faster, of yeah, course. Yeah, that's true. Zonka, I'm going to give the nod to. Not only that, how about the name? Zonka. Zonk is a good one. Right? Zonka. Doesn't sound like a hell of a fullback. Can't spell it, but it's good. C-S-O-N-K-A. Isn't there a Z in there somewhere? No Zs. Oh, wow. No Zs. Larry Zonka. One. My number one, uh, it, it's a homer pick. It's got to be Frank Gore. Just because, Frank Gore! Because I loved watching Frank Gore run. He's been a 49er legend. I believe he holds the rushing record, Frank Gore. Frank Gore. Rushing record for the team. All right, we uh, don't have as much time as I'd hoped, uh, but my number one has always been my favorite running back, and I got to meet him several years ago in San Diego. His name is Earl Campbell. Oh, yeah. Ran for the uh, great uh, Houston Oilers teams, and uh, the greatest package of power and speed I have ever seen. You talk about a guy who did damage to defensive backs. Earl Campbell was uh, one of a kind. And I don't have time to share my Bum Phillips story about Earl Campbell not being able to finish the mile run. You could share it on the other side. Couldn't finish the mile run, so Bum Phillips said when it's fourth and a mile, I won't give it to him. <laughs> all right, that's the mile story. There's our countdown of the top five running backs of all time when we come back. Daily Gambit, among other things. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 